0: Good Morning Brew Daily Show. I am Neil Freiman. And I'm Toby Howell. Happy birthday to
1: you. (laughs) Happy birthday. I didn't know you had such a beautiful singing voice. This and is just oh, a start. Oh, my gosh. I just saw the monitor. It popped up. There's a picture <laughs> of my face next to a giant birthday cake with birthday boy <laughs> Toby on it. Oh, my now gosh. now we got the sirens now going. Now they're playing sirens in the studio. Thank well, you, everyone. you know,
0: it's once a year. It's a big deal. How old are you? are turning 26.
1: I'm turning 26. I'm feeling wiser, feeling a little more
0: achy already. <laughs> And it's the last year on your parents' health insurance, notably.
1: I know. I was already off that though, so please, damn. So actually, please be careful with me because I can't get hurt because i don't want to have to pay anything (laughs) we'll be
0: careful you need to be careful for yourself you're doing some extreme sports that's true uh we got a great show for you um we're talking the one-year anniversary of the war in ukraine we're gonna talk um baseball is coming back and it looks a little different than it used to and then we'll finally end on you know talking about our riddle yesterday and plans for the weekend
1: sounds like a fun birthday show for me
0: it's gonna be good let's ride. Okay, so today is a big day. Um, it is the one-year anniversary of the war in Ukraine, which is the biggest armed conflict in the world since World War II. It's
1: it's crazy. It's already been a year, actually. I I can actually think back to the moment where it broke out. Actually, I remember being on Twitter and just seeing everything kind of develop in real time, and it was wild to see a war unfold in the age of social media, but, yeah, it's been a year. Yeah, so
0: if I... I, I can't possibly summarize what's happened in the last 365 days. We need 10 weeks' worth of podcast shows to to talk about it. But if I can summarize, in 30 seconds, it's that uh, Russia sent its tanks in to Ukraine, thinking that they could topple the government really quickly. Um, That did not work out as planned. Ukraine fought valiantly back, really like David and Goliath stuff. Mm -hmm. And then once it showed initial success— Western allies swooped in with billions and billions of military aid, weaponry, uh, ammunition, and now uh, fighting continues in the east. Ukraine has lost a little
1: territory, but uh, the the fight goes on. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of things that obviously stand out about this, but we were looking through some of the economic numbers, of of course. Um, Russia's GDP actually has only dropped by 2% throughout this war. That was the most surprising figure to me. Uh, because when the war broke out and as it progressed, all we heard about was how all these Western companies were sanctioning Russia, uh, Europe was sanctioning Russia, and it, it made it sound like we were cutting them off from the global financial system, which did happen, and yet here we are looking at just a 2% GDP drop in Russia. And I know there's a lot of factors to it, maybe not the best actual mm-hmm. indicator of how the economy is doing, but that was what I found most surprising, like, looking back over the past year
0: totally uh more than 1000 multinationals have left but uh yeah it's, the, what what happened really was that we realized that the US and the uh And Europe, we're not the entire world. Right. And Russia really embraced uh, India and China and Turkey. We just put the stat in the newsletter this morning that the best stock market performance of the past year was Turkey. Yeah. And that's really directly a result of the sanctions that the West placed on uh, Russia, because now Turkey is at the center of all of these trade flows between the Middle East, Russia, India, and China. So it seems like Russia is in a really bad place, and everyone's saying this is a terrible strategic move by Putin overall, but that— uh, the economy hasn't like completely melted down like like they would expect yeah. but like, but there is could be like a long term uh, detriment to Russia here because so many people left, especially in the tech sector. Right. So like, who's to say that down the down the line, you know, Russia's yeah, I, mean, won't, I mean, Russia's I, I, yeah, economy
1: won't die a slow death. Right. It's not a net positive thing, but it was just surprising to me that yeah, because we thought that Russia was just going to absolutely tank, and unfortunately, Ukraine's economy. Aqua- economy, their GDP plummeted by 30 sure. percent, so obviously difference in size and access to resources, but those two numbers were kind of really illustrated the, the divide, I think.
0: And we haven't even talked about the human toll, which obviously is, like, the most important thing. Uh, combined, there have been 300,000 military and civilian deaths, and this stat just, like, really stands out to me, is that 8 million Ukrainians have become refugees, and yeah. they're living in other countries now as a result of the war. That's 20 percent of the pre-war population.
1: That's wild. It is It is really wild to me. Hopefully, we don't have a year two show that we have to go back through it. Um, but yeah. But there, there are, <laughs>
0: there, there is, like, this showed that there could be conflict in the world after a relative period mm-hmm. of peace. And now everyone's talking about what's happening with China and Taiwan. And China has been much more aggressive in its posturing towards Taiwan, which it considers its own territory. Right. At the same time, the U.S. has pledged to intervene if China would invade Taiwan, and people are saying that yeah. could be no, what really is World War Three.
1: Right. We're definitely teetering on the blink, <laughs> brink. Yeah, the
0: doomsday clock has definitely yeah. moved close. I think it's seven seconds to midnight now, and especially—that was before Putin, scra- you know, suspended Russia's parti- participation in uh, the last remaining arms agreement with the U.S.
1: Yeah. So many layers to this, obviously. Um, and yeah, like I said, hopefully we're not doing a year a year two check-in. Um but I'm going to pivot us to a different, I don't want to say war, but there is a battle in the milk industry that's going on. Um, it's I love a good old milk controversy. Essentially, dairy companies are cranky that alternative milks, like oat, soy, um, almond, get to call themselves milk. So they've been pushing for the FDA to make them use a different name, like beverages. But yesterday, the FDA kind of dropped the hammer and said that those alternative milk products do actually get to call themselves milk, and milk doesn't have to come from an udder. So, Neil, I know we were kind of debating this. Uh, You wrote about it in the newsletter yesterday. Do you think that oat milk should be able to brand itself as milk? You know that I've changed changed my
0: mind in the last hour maybe 40 times.
1: (laughs) It's a very controversial. Because on
0: one hand, oat milk is not milk. Yeah. It's simply not milk. It is... It is oat juice. It is nut juice. It sounds horrible
1: when you. <laughs> that's put it what like it, that. I know,
0: but yeah. that's what it is. It's not milk. On the other hand, I feel like the FDA wants its labels on food to be the most clear and communicative to consumers. Right. And people think that oat milk. People want to know that oat milk is oat milk. Right. So the fact, if if you say it's oat juice, then I would not know what the hell is It'd in be that confusing. carton. Confusing. Yeah. I love. It seems this, like you have a strong right. stance on this. I
1: love this from the FDA because. I don't know. In so much of society now, people kind of move to the lowest common denominator in the sense that, oh, we have to educate consumers. We have to protect consumers. And the FDA is like, no. No one thinks that oat milk is actually coming from a cow. Like, they're not confusing it. Right. So the FDA is basically saying consumers are educated enough that... We can still call it oat milk, and no one will confuse it with the real milk. And then, yeah, it's also the most illustrative word you can use. Like, you are totally right. If you would not put oat juice in your cereal, you would not put oat juice in your coffee, but you would definitely put oat milk. I might put olive oil. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Oleato. (laughs) Oleato. little callback. Um, Yeah, so I love this move from the FDA, and I do love... Big milk is such a strong like lobbying force, the got milk campaign. So I love when they kind of get kneecapped a little bit.
0: They're still dominating the this industry though. Some pretty interesting stats. Uh refrigerated cow's milk was came in at twelve point three billion in sales in the last fifty-two weeks, and non-dairy milk is uh, two point five billion. That so they made big, some inroads. Yeah. But yeah, that's actually I I would have thought it was closer than that. Can so you guess it. the most popular variety of non dairy milk? I feel like it's almond cuz that's the OG almond. Let's go. Oat is gaining though.
1: I I use oat m- primarily so <laughs> when you get a coffee uh, what do you do you always go oat? I always go oat although I found myself saying I want uh, normal milk <laughs> when I was ordering. I'm like, I'm preaching against everything that I just stood for in the in the previous segment. I'm whole yes. milk, ride or die. I love that. OK,
0: uh, next story. Toby, I want to talk about a CEO and entrepreneur <laughs> who was born in 1964. <laughs> I love that song. Um, of course I'm talking about Jeffrey Bezos. Jeff and I, Be- I already Bezos. sang earlier in the show, so I don't think people need to hear me again. Thank goodness. The news is that uh, Jeffrey Bezos uh, of Amazon and Washington Post, Post and Blue Origin fame, hired an investment firm to bid on the Washington Commanders NFL team, which is up for sale. Yeah, So it seems like he's taking baby steps to uh, make this purchase happen.
1: We talked about this on yesterday's show, but if you had billionaire money, not even billionaire, central billionaire money, what would you do with it? And I said, obviously buy a sports team. So I'm glad Jeffrey Bezos has finally reached the stage. He bought the yacht. He's got all the houses. He's like, all right, got to buy a sports team now. I'm excited for it. What, what would you put the odds of this happening at this point?
0: Because there have been a ton of rumors, but uh, there hasn't been a crazy bidding war. There hasn't been a lot of media speculation. This seems like the first hammer to drop. Uh, yeah, what what would you put the odds? I would if put you're it a man, at which m- you
1: are minus one hundred and fifty, which means that I think it's going to happen because one Jeffrey, why do you keep calling him Jeffrey <laughs> Bezos? Bezos has been linked to the Commanders for a while now, even before this, and the fact that he's contacted this firm, which has facilitated the, when the Panthers were bought, previous sports teams that have been bought. I think that this is actually where there's smoke, there's fire, and right. I think he is probably going to do it. And I just want him to do it. Sounds way more fun than running the Washington Post. Yeah, that well, space is so going, hard. Going to space though probably be
0: going it to space out, is but, pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, he needs to renovate that stadium. That is a dump. I know in Landover, but he just needs to make the red the sorry the Commanders <laughs> um, not as good as the Eagles. That you know they have to stay at the bottom of the NFC East. Absolutely. That's the,
1: that's the most important part of this I'm story. I'm putting this at 90%, sure.
0: by the way. I think this okay. is absolutely a done deal. He's going to look really weak if he backs out now.
1: OK. I hope it happens as well. Um, OK, let's shift gears to the media world. We both work in media. We both pay attention to media drama a little more than the average Joe. But there was a story in 2021 that kind of broke free from the media circle. And that is when Aussie Media's CEO, Carlos Watson, got into some trouble with uh, the law, essentially. So in 2021, the COO of Aussie Media jumped on a call with Goldman Sachs and Carlos Watson. They were trying to raise money from Goldman Sachs. And on that call, the CEO impersonated a YouTube executive, changed his voice, was getting like fed lines by Carlos Watson in order to try to secure this investment really really illegal stuff. An absolutely crazy story too. And finally yesterday Carlos Watson was arrested uh at his Manhattan hotel so it's all kind of crumbling down. Neil, I we love this story just because like we're media nerds, but what do, what is it? It is a about? crazy
0: story. I mean, I, fr- from this I want to teach you a a Yiddish word. Okay. It is called chutzpah. (laughs) Chutzpah. I don't Do You know what chutzpah means? I've heard it before. It's sort of like audacity. (laughs) Right. Right? So Carlos Watson, after all this happened, was trying to resurrect Aussie media. And they state he was planning on doing Aussie Fest, which is their big festival that they had Malcolm Gladwell at previously. Uh, So this guy has a lot of chutzpah, but now he's uh, facing the law.
1: Right. And then another thing that Aussie had done in the past was they had these YouTube channels that were getting like millions and millions of of views. I'm doing air quotation marks as I say views because there's probably under 100 comments on these videos and everyone's like- We get more from our- We're getting more comments. (laughs) By the way, watch this show on YouTube if you're listening to it. Uh, Help us bump those comments up. But yeah, everyone's like, you guys are just totally faking these numbers. And so they used to say that we were actually cited in this New York Times article, we meaning Morning Brew, where Morning Brew, Neil has been writing, Day in day out for five years, we're only at four million subscribers on the on the newsletter. Only, and, and yeah, I know that's good. And Aussie Media was saying we're, we reached twenty million subscribers. That no was like, there's no way that's true.
0: Yeah, there's no way. So we'll see what happens with Aussie Media. <laughs> maybe, maybe Carlos Watson in jail will try to resurrect the He's company. He's going to launch again. a podcast. He's for a sure. lot of chutzpah. for sure. Let's move on to uh, exciting news. Today is spring training opens in Florida. Uh, freaking exciting. I love baseball season, yeah. and this is a sign of spring. But I don't get to say this often, but baseball is going to look a little different this year. <laughs> baseball is actually making changes. Yeah. It- and- No, go
1: ahead and explain the changes. I will explain the
0: changes. So uh, this is all to generate, you know, more offense and make the game more exciting. Because yes, even I admit it's pretty boring. boring. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So they're instituting a pitch clock, which has been long awaited. There are going to be much bigger bases than there used to be. Uh, The shift has been banned, and uh, they're limiting the number of pickoff attempts per batter that pitchers can make. Okay. So what do you think these rules is going to change baseball for the better?
1: I think overall, all of these are meant to help the ball be put in play more, and then also to speed the games up. So those two things, totally on board with. The thing I'm most interested in these rule changes is the bigger bases. On the surface, you're like, what the heck does a bigger base do? Right. But shortening the distance, it's a they're they're changing the size from 15 inches to 18 inches, so it's three inches different on either side because both base is bigger, and that three inches or six inches total could make the difference on these bang, bang, like pickoff plays. So I'm actually really curious to see if like steals go way up or if these, the plays become like more exciting at, at, on, on the base so I love small subtle rule changes that have kind of second order effects it'll be really
0: it's... interesting to watch but I don't think this fixes the main problem which is balls in play when I watch baseball I want to watch feel like yeah. action uh, somebody thrown out at home double plays uh, you know outfielders making diving catches and this doesn't address the problem I don't I think they need to lower the mound they need to change the power dynamic between pitcher and batter yeah. even the even the uh, pitch clock we were we were saying might impact batter Batters more than
1: pitchers yeah well i think that some uh, white sox pitchers like oh batters are gonna hate it i actually think it's going to affect pitchers more and i think he's doing a little posturing but i might actually watch a little baseball this year <laughs> i'm glad just to see how it plays out because i'm sure there's going to be some controversies w-
0: going forward one thing we do know is that the games will take a lot less time because yeah. there's been a pitch clock in the minor leagues and a nine inning game used to take three hours and four minutes in 2021 on average and that decreased a lot to two hours and 30 38 minutes That's last huge. season. That so is that huge. is huge.
1: Yeah. No, I'm excited. I can't wait to watch Who's your baseball, baseball team, by the way? Uh, the Rays. I'm from uh, Tampa. Right, yeah. Yeah, I like them. Um, OK, got a new segment uh, to kind of cap off the week. It's called Stock of the Week and Dog of the Week. I'm going to tell you guys about a stock that performed really well, give you a little backstory behind it, and then Neil's going to tell you about a stock that didn't do so well. How did I get Dog? I don't know. You we'll chose it. We'll next we, week. We drew, we drew straws. Uh, so this week's stock of the week is NVIDIA. Uh, It popped yesterday on earnings, absolutely crushed earnings, went up 12%. It's up 65% on the year. NVIDIA is just crushing right now. And the reason why it kind of got this little boost is because we're in the age of AI right now. Everyone is building these AI large language learning models, all these chatbots. And a, uh, Nvidia's GPUs are kind of powering the supercomputers that kind of have to process these language models, so they're forecasting this huge, huge boost in chip sales, basically, to help power these these massive computing uh, loads that need to be uh, executed by for these l- models to work. This Nvidia's is the biggest. This is it. the
0: biggest company people don't know about. They're the seventh <laughs> biggest company in the S and P 500 by market cap. Their market cap is $582 billion. Yeah, This so, is a massive company. It is really big. and You I have just, some familial ties to Nvidia. I know.
1: I just want to give a shout-out. So my aunt started working there very, very early on, like 1995. Um, my grandma, too, another shout-out to my grandma, she bought shares when it went public in 1999 because she wants to support her daughter, obviously. And then my grandparents' financial advisor said... What are, what is this Nvidia company like? Get get rid of these stocks. Like go into the boring mutual funds. And my grandma was like, No, let's let's keep them. Best financial decision Damn. ever because the howls are raking it I in. I know. So shout out to grandmommy for. And we should for, say for when we talk strong. about
0: stocks, Toby. I know you've wanted to say this your entire career.
1: Tell me. Oh, okay. <laughs> By the way, yes. This is not financial advice, anyone. Do not take any of this as financial advice. We're just I've, reporting. I've always wanted to say that. You really so have, and you. I'm so
0: glad you got to say it yeah. on your uh, on your birthday. Yes. All right, I guess I'll do dog of the week, because that was that was handed to me by our team. Uh, the dog of the week is pizza delivery companies, specifically Domino's. Domino's had its worst day in more than a decade yesterday, because, it, because it's burrito season, yeah. and there is pizza fatigue, yeah. apparently. Yeah. So demand is down. Uh, and and for pizza delivery, Domino's is not the only one that's doing poorly. Papa John's Papa also posted pretty disappointing results.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also rising food costs. Obviously, like when we are hit by inflation, that means every other food provider is also hit by inflation. So their margins are probably they're losing a little bit on the margins because of inflation. My favorite stat though is like Domino's over the last two decades has been just an absolute. Juggernaut of a stock because it invested a ton of resources into c- technology basically and making the delivery process smooth from your phone. They have the pizza tracker. Of course so I know the pizza This tracker. is a minor setback for a major comeback, I think, for Domino's. Pizza fatigue can't last that right. long, right? Everyone loves I've never even, yeah. never even heard of that. Also, can you explain real quick why it's called Dog of the Week? Because I didn't know this before, but you did. Sure, yeah.
0: So Dog of the Week, um, Dog of the Dow
1: is a popular term in finance
0: uh, where it's like the worst performing stock on the Dow that of the 30 okay. stocks in the Dow. So they call that the Dog of the Dow. And so we're just co-opting
1: You it. learned something new every you Learn day. something new, yeah.
0: yeah. Dog of the Dow. Um, our final story: Cocaine Bear. Maybe. Cocaine it's bear. out today. Let's go. Cocaine Bear, the movie that everyone's talking about, or yeah, maybe I know. Well, we are talking about it. Uh, it's, is out today.
1: Yeah, it's it's at 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's from critics. Pretty solid. Audience rating is 82%. Whenever those numbers are pretty similar, I actually you know think it's good. that it's going to be pretty good. Yeah. yeah. We don't have to spend too much time talking about no, it. No, but like. it is
0: based on a. It's loosely based on a, on a real story. Yeah. And that real story is that in, in 1985, a drug dealer dropped <laughs> 75 pounds of cocaine from an airplane along the Georgia-Tennessee border. He tried to jump out after it. His parachute failed. He died. A few months later, authorities found a ripped duffel bag with all that cocaine and a dead bear that tested positive cocaine. So this movie kind of imagines a world in which the bear lived and mauls everyone.
1: (laughs) I mean, what more do you need to know? The thing that actually makes me want to see it, though, is Elizabeth Banks is directing it, and I love Elizabeth Banks. She was in Pitch Perfect, um, and I also just like kind of trust her funny bone. At the premiere, she said that... While she was like introducing the movie, she said, I'm fully convinced that everything has brought me to this moment in my career, the pinnacle, the rich and deeply cerebral cocaine bear. <laughs> so I think people are embracing the spirit of it. It's an absurd movie. I think I'm actually going to go see it because, yeah.
0: might be a good birthday present. Yeah. Banks has had just fire quotes, actually. She recalled, like, in when promoting this film, she was talking about a conversation which she had with Lorne Michaels, who's the, you know, SNL showrunner. Mm -hmm. And he told her, don't do things unless you think they'll be part of the cultural conversation, which is, you know, pretty good. We're uh, talking about it. We're talking about it. So pretty good advice. All right, we're going to close out the show uh, by talking about the riddle that we gave to you all yesterday. Just to remind you, uh, the riddle was this: uh, that we gave you a sentence, and it says, "This sentence contains blank letters," and you had to fill in the blank with the number that would make the sentence true. Those, there was actually two answers. They were thirty-six and thirty-eight. Shout out to everyone! Who Shout got out to it, everyone right? who got that. We have some names: Matthew Taylor, Scott Wyatt, who wrote into our email, and a bunch of bunch of others did so yeah. congrats dog, we're gonna do this you know every week we're huge trivia riddle guys mm-hmm. uh so get pumped but toby i think you had some not some maybe correct answers that yeah. you have some creative awards i give. just want
1: to give a shout out to some people in the youtube comments who said uh at brown guy with the beard said this sentence contains multiple letters Technically not wrong. This sentence does contain multiple letters, and then Dan Duggan fit said this sentence contains English letters. So not exactly what we were looking for, but I shout out the creativity for that. And then one final shout out is to my brother Henry, who actually wrote a code that automatically solved this riddle. Not exactly in the spirit of it, but I was really impressed by it. So good, good job, for your Henry. brother.
0: Yeah. I don't want to make the show a complete shout out to all of our family members, but. It- Uh, This is a really interesting fact. Uh, It is my parents' anniversary today, which is not which is not the interesting fact. But they got married on the day the U.S. men's national team won, uh, hockey team won the gold medal in the 1980 Lake Placid Olympics. Do you know what team they beat? Okay, so it's not the USSR. It's like Sweden, right, or Finland. All right, well, you're good. Yeah. Uh, yes, they beat Finland. They actually Finland. came back that game. They were down two-one in the third period. But a lot of people don't know that right. the miracle on ice, where we beat the USSR, it was the semifinals. Was the semifinals? Yeah. Everyone thinks it assumes it was the gold medal match. Then we had to play Finland, and we were down in the third period. <laughs> yeah, I love that fact. So it's yeah. pretty crazy.
1: A lot of facts today. Um, great show.
0: Great show. Uh, show! We're about to have a great weekend. I'm flying down to Florida to see a spring training game and uh, playing golf with your dad. And you're going to do some awesome celebration, uh, birthday celebrations. Uh, before we go, just want to give a shout out to our amazing team uh, in the control room. Shows producer and editor is Emily Milliron. The show's technical director is Elias Alba. Our supervising producer is Bryce Beloff, VP of technical and production operations, Dan Bowza, Devin Emery is our chief content officer. Our show is a production of Morning Brew. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you on Monday.